Today on the I-5 corridor, Tyson and Aiden break down Oregon's season opening win over Fresno State. Then they take a look at a wacky weekend of Pac-12 play that saw Washington get beat by Go Grizz, the Montana Grizzlies. And then it's the first of our new monthly segment, Picking Oregon. It's a four-person Oregon-themed fantasy draft. And this week, we are drafting the best things about Oregon in the fall. So stay tuned. That's all coming up on this week's episode of the I-5 Corridor. You're listening to the I-5 Corridor, hosted by Tyson Alger and Aiden Schneider. Hey, happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the I-5 Corridor podcast. Tyson Alger here, joined by Aiden Schneider. We are one week into the college football season now. The Oregon Ducks are undefeated, and you can't take that away from them, especially after what happened in the Pac-12 on Saturday with uh, Washington losing to some school from Montana, um, just some little small school. Uh, Washington State uh, blowing a lead to Utah State. Uh, Cal lost, and... Actually, it looks like US, UCLA might be a wagon. So just kind of a crazy Saturday of fall football. Uh, Aiden, I, I, you and I actually haven't even talked about the Oregon game yet. What was, uh, what was your big t- takeaway from the first day of uh, Pac-12 football? Well, it was absolutely crazy around the conference. Um, a lot of teams dropping easy games. But when it came to the Oregon game, you know, a win's a win. It's not always pretty to start the season. And, and I think – people put way too much stock in week one games. Like the example I think of is the Oregon team I was on in 2015. We were in a complete shootout with Eastern Washington in week one. (laughs) We didn't know at the time, but uh, we were playing Cooper cup, who was going to be a a thousand yard receiver in the NFL. And that team, we didn't have a great defense. You know, they made some timely plays throughout the season, but people were, were really like sounding the alarm after week one. And, and the argument could be made that year that if Vernon Adams doesn't get hurt, we're a playoff team. So absolutely, I think, it's really, I think it's really easy to to have big reactions after week one, but you know, I, I don't feel as worried as I think some other people do. Yeah. And, and that was kind of my takeaway too, is um, you know, I've been doing this enough years to, to know that obviously Oregon's not, unveiling the full offense against Fresno state, especially as uh, Ohio state looms in week two. And um, it's, it's been a, a really weird year for everyone. Like I wasn't expecting them to come out and look crisp. So, um, you know, I, I do think that um, just like kind of the sheer, uh, like it wasn't a boring game by any means. It was actually a relatively exciting game, but like, I, I just thought that like there were certain aspects that you probably would have wanted to see a little bit more crisp heading into the biggest non-conference game Oregon's had in five, six years. Um, especially like along the offensive line, I, I thought the ducks didn't look really all that great up front, but a win's a win. Like you're it's a one and O mentality. And especially after what else happened in the conference uh, on Saturday, like uh, you can't really have any complaints there. Yeah, I think I think Oregon's relatively unscathed. So that's that's definitely positive news. When 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 you guys were going into that Eastern Washington game, like you guys had Michigan State, it was, it's kind of a similar setup. You guys had Michigan State, I believe, week two or week three. What's the anticipation level like when you are going into like one of those openers where it is? Uh, I mean, it's almost like one of those like, damned if you do, damned if you don't type of games. Because if you if you win by fifty, everyone expects you to win by fifty. Um, and then if you lose, uh, it's, it's the world is ending. Yeah. I just think bottom line, you don't want to lose, you know, there are a lot of, 
seems like every season there are early season games. And, and one of the biggest things that people don't take into account is we don't know how good the other team actually is. Like when you put it into context, I think this applies to the Oregon Fresno state game and also the, the UCLA LSU game. We haven't seen Fresno state and LSU seasons. So we were, we have a lot of judgment right now about, about how we think about that game. But Fresno State could put together a great season, and and conversely, LSU could have one of their worst years in quite some time. And, and so you really don't know what the quality of the win is until you see what that team puts on tape for the rest of the season. Yeah, that was that was a quote I saw from Chip Kelly this morning talking about just the game yesterday. He said, you know, we've all played one game. Like, who cares about what the rankings are? Um, but I will say it will be fascinating if – UCLA starts playing as well as they've looked the first two weeks with an exciting offense with Oregon's former coach. While at the same time, if Oregon continues to look relatively conservative on offense, I feel like that might be a (laughs) a relatively tough thing for Oregon fans to watch. Cause you know, I, I think I, again, not to make any too, uh, too large, uh, takeaways from uh, yesterday's game, but you know, like, the offense can just be boring at times. I, I think Chris ball does get a little conservative and uh, you know, that works for them and they have a game plan and I'm not going to argue against it, but you know, when, when you're comparing that to uh, uh, you know, the glory days of chip Kelly, where you, you never wanted to miss a play uh, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how those run parallel to each other. Yeah, totally. And, and I think when you look at the game there, there were definitely some, some good periods on offense. They did struggle to run the ball. But when you look at that game defensively, I think uh, given that it was a close game and, and the offense struggled and they really had to uh, come down to the wire to win it, I think that almost makes the defensive performance look worse. Because I think you know Fresno State was able to make some plays, but I think that if this had been like a 45-24 game or, or 50-24, like a lot of us expected it to be, I think the defensive performance looks gets looked at in a much better light. And, and there were some guys out there like Justin Flo was all over the field and, and just flying around. What did you think about what we saw from him? Yeah, I, I thought he, he's going to be an awfully, you, you know, you can just kind of like watch somebody early and you just know that they have it. And, and he definitely has it. Um, he's definitely going to rack up a few unsportsmanlike penalties because he's, he's flies out. I mean, I've, as much as people were like enthralled with like the energy, like Noah Sewell played at last year, flow just doesn't turn it off. I mean, like every single play afterwards, he's, he's celebrating, he's thumping his chest. Like he, like you can tell this guy just really missed playing football. Um, And he kind of plays with that type of aggression too. I mean, everywhere the ball went, he, he was following it. He was a ball hawk. He's incredibly athletic for, for just how big of a physical force he is out there. Um, and especially early in the game, like before Kayvon Thibodeau got hurt, uh, just that the common, like having Thibodeau, Sewell and Flo on the field at the same time, it was, it was enthralling. Like I couldn't take my eyes off of watching the Oregon's defense. Um, and obviously it was a shame KT got hurt and, and we're not quite sure what his availability is going to be going into next week, but you did see how quickly the quality of that defense did shift when KT came out because every single play he was getting double teamed. He was still getting penetration on the quarterback, that strip sack he had, he just absolutely laid that quarterback out. Um, and if, if he's not able to play this week, I, I, I don't think Oregon can beat Ohio state without KT, but 
um, Flo's, Flo's development there was huge, especially just coming off of that knee surgery as well. Yeah, definitely. KT is unbelievable, man. Like, like I, I know like he's been so hyped up after the last year. And, and I do feel like that, like last season, he was even just like a year of hype as well. Cause it wasn't a full year, but for him to come out and like that first two series, just like be a dominant force. Like that's the one thing during his first two years so far, it's always kind of taken him a couple games to get going. And um, it's just a real shame he got hurt. Cause he was from, from the very first snap, that guy was the best guy on the field yesterday. Yeah. And to me, that makes the performance all the more impressive of just the fact that, you know, he's put up really good numbers so far, but the hype is, has gone to really jump to new levels this year and and for him to come out and validate that so quickly uh making big plays getting turnovers uh, i think was really cool to see and, and it's a real shame that he got hurt did did what you see from the quarterback yesterday change your opinion on anything uh i i don't think so i i don't like to be too reactionary because you know there were he anthony brown had some good moments but he can whip it, think, man. He he does have he does have a ton of arm strength. I'll give him that. Yeah, he does. And and I think kind of like what I was saying earlier, it's so easy to jump to conclusions after week one. And and honestly, a lot of the time, we don't know exactly what the offense is trying to run. We don't know exactly where things are breaking down. And and I just think there's so much talent on that offensive side of the ball. They're they're gonna get it figured out. I don't I don't think that's I don't think it's like a ceiling issue. Like this is what we're getting from the right. Oregon offense here. And, and I think they're going to make some adjustments and, you know, whether or not they, they get the win next week will be one thing, but uh, I definitely expect them to play a lot better. I mean, Ohio state doesn't look unbeatable. I, I, they, they obviously had to come, come from behind to beat Minnesota. They have a freshman quarterback who looked electric at times and was, but that came after he was pretty terrible in the first half. So um, you know, if, if Oregon can keep that defensive pressure on, which was, I mean, they, they only forced two fumbles all of last year and they had, I think it was four in this game alone. So that's a, that's a huge development for them. And in something that I kind of did expect with kind of a normal off season of being able to actually tackle people and, um, you know, get in the weight room and all of those, those sorts of things. But, um, you know, I, I didn't see anything yesterday that was, you know, is convincing me outright to pick Oregon in that game. But uh, I, I think it's certainly, um, it, I think it will be competitive at the very least. I'm, I'm just a little concerned about the offensive line. Yeah. Being able to run the ball is going to be key, but all you can ask for is a chance. And, and I think they'll at least put themselves in position to have a chance to win the game. And I think going forward for the season, we're going to see them get better week after week and, and I think they can still end up in a really good place, even if they fall short next week. Who? Okay. So the answer is definitely Washington in terms of like the biggest disappointment in the PAC 12 yesterday, but I thought Oregon state had a winnable game and obviously it's on the road and it was close, but like, those are, those are the type of games that they need to win. If they're going to get reach a bowl game this year, especially with how tough their PAC 12 schedule is um, Utah state or sorry, Washington state. Ugh. I don't even know what to say about that one. And then uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think it will be a lot of fun if, if UCLA can maintain this and, and just give another kind of viable uh, contender in the South next to, next to USC. Yeah, it was a, 
it was a weird week. I feel like <laughs> I'm normally not this disappointed with the conference till like midway through the season. <laughs> yeah. That came early this year and Oregon fans are, are just absolutely loving that Washington loss, but across the board, I mean, I think personally <laughs> the worst one for me was, was the Cal game. Cause I actually took Cal minus three and they were up 14 zero after one. So <laughs> to blow Which- that lead was absolutely brutal. Which I think I think Cal's a really well coached team, and it was and they are usually a pretty stout defensive team. To see them blow a fourteen zero lead, um, I mean, I felt like I felt like the Pac twelve had some momentum going. Man, like they got a new commissioner that people seem to like. Uh, I think Oregon was a relatively trendy pick. I mean, <laughs> we had Ryan Leaf on here like two weeks ago saying that Washington was going to go undefeated, and uh, uh, the Pac twelve uh, Pac twelve itself uh, one week one week in here. It loves to do that. <laughs> I one of the biggest surprises to me was was Stanford. I guess I not I guess not super surprised given recent results, but it just seems like they've fallen flat on their face, and that's such a strange sight to see if you followed the Pac-12. You know, the last ten years or so, Stanford's been a dominant force, but it, it seems like they're just trickling away from that. Yeah. Do you think that they just kind of had? kind of had a window and like, I mean, I, I think David Shaw is an excellent coach and like, I don't think there's any chance in hell Stanford would ever go away from him. But the, like the amount that you have to go right for a program that has like that high of academic standards to get in, to be as competitive as they were um, one really impressive, but two, I can imagine it's really hard to kind of turn a program around if you're struggling and you can't just kind of import guys like, like the rest of rest of the country does. Yeah, that's a real challenge. And I also think just with the way football is trending and college football specifically, like we're seeing crazy numbers be put up offensively and their, their style of play just doesn't lend itself to that. And they're able to do really well when they run the ball, they control the clock, you know, they're either in a close game or they're winning, but they're just really not a team that's built to chase games. And so if they're playing a tough opponent and they find themselves down, like, you know, 14, 21 points in the middle of the game, it's really tough for them to just drop back and throw the ball consistently. And, and I think that's just a real challenge. So if, if you have to be at least even or ahead, most of the game to win, it's, it's going to be tough with some of the opponents you have to play in in the PAC 12 and and non-conference too, apparently. Well, well, that's what I'm, I think that's going to be my biggest thing to watch going into the Ohio state game for Oregon is whether or not the ducks, uh, kind of put the foot on the accelerator and go for it early, or if they kind of play this, I mean, you could, you could say that Oregon kind of has a style similar to Stanford's right now, but with just far better talent on the field. Like they play relatively conservative. Um, I mean, you, you heard the chorus of that in 2019 when uh, Justin Herbert, who was still very good for Oregon, but then you obviously unleash him in a higher, uh, higher powered offense in the NFL. And you can really see what he does. Like, like Oregon is Oregon is a team that really wants to grind, grind games out. They want to out physical you. Um, they don't want to kind of have unforced errors, but th- this definitely is an era of college football where um, even like the most stout teams like Alabama have, have kind of opened things up and granted it's easy for Alabama to open things up when every player is a five-star on your roster. But um I or Oregon right now seems like a team that has to play from from in front. Uh, I I would be really interested to see if they can play catch up in a game if if Ohio State starts out quickly. 
Yeah, hopefully they don't have to, but um, you know, I'm confident they can with with the talent they have. But I'd love to see them just open up the offense. And I know they want to establish an identity of being a physical team that runs the ball straight downhill at you. But I think it just puts more pressure on the defense if if you open it up, take some shots down the field, and and that can open up the run game as well. And well, yeah, I was I was going to say like Brown certainly ha- has the arm to to work in that play action. So I I. I think we'll see probably a lot of that early yeah and i your to your point about uh oregon being a little conservative i wanted to ask you what you thought about some of the play calls on fourth down so there was one i believe it was in the fourth quarter where they went for it on fourth and one or fourth and two and cj verdell lost his footing yeah and i get that but to me you just got to kick the ball there it would have made it an and it would have made it an eleven-point game, I believe. That, that would have and that I would have think, that would have been the ball game there in retrospect. Exactly. I I just think I understand you want to make a statement. You're playing a little bit of a lower level opponent, but I think traditionally speaking in football, you don't you don't miss the chance in the fourth quarter to make it a two-score game. And granted, it's it sucks that he lost his footing and the play wasn't able to to really play out fully, but. It's it's a tough opportunity to miss. I think. I don't know. I I rewatched that one, and he didn't have like a huge hole to run through either. Like like it it wasn't guaranteed that he's going to get that, even if he he didn't trip there. But um, I'm I'm sh- absolutely shocked to hear the kicker wanted Oregon to kick the ball there. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, I've I've been it for years. Yeah. Okay. So the the one thing that we did text about yesterday was uh, after uh, like three weeks of us pumping. Uh, Cattleman's name. Uh, Camden Lewis ends up winning the place kicking job. He was doing kickoffs. He was doing extra points. Uh, he hit his one field goal attempt, um, which is great for Camden. I I think that he took. Uh, I think he was put in a really tough situation the last couple of years. Where uh, I mean, you can obviously real you you can obviously relate in the sense that you know if if you make them, people love you. If you miss them, they hate you. And especially if you don't get that repetition and opportunities, it's definitely pretty tough. But at the same time, like why, like what happened to Henry Cattleman, man? Like, like were, were you surprised to see uh, a Camden out there? Yeah, I, I was, I, I thought Cattleman was going to be a shoe in the, to keep the starting spot. And I, I was just surprised. I mean, I don't know exactly what went on in camp. Obviously I know, it sounds like it was a close battle really through the end. And I believe Cristobal said publicly that Camden had made 36 or 37 out of 40 kicks uh, that were charted in camp. But to me, you've got a considerable amount of film on him going back the last couple of years. And I just think the tie should go to Cattleman in that situation because he was able to step in and be so effective. And that's not to say Camden can't do well and, and I wish him a lot of success this season, but I was definitely a little surprised to see that. How much do you think the scholarship comes into play there? I, I would say a significant amount. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of different philosophies for coaches um, and how they handle kickers. But a lot of the times, you know, you recruited a guy, you gave him a scholarship, you really invested in him. That's something you want to work out and that could be part of it. But, uh, a lot of times it's a walk on you're really fighting an uphill battle uh, to, to make a name for yourself. And then, and then to keep the starting spot, even if you get there. 
Well, hey, I'm just I'm just glad Camden hit his kick yesterday. Uh, I know how uh, Oregon Twitter can get, especially uh, when kickers aren't converting on their attempts. So that was that was definitely a positive, and, and I'm glad he didn't get, have to uh, kind of wear that for for the entire <laughs> for the entire week. But um, overall, it was it was great to be back at Austin yesterday. It was it was super smoky in Eugene for pretty much just the game. Like as soon as the game ended, the wind shifted. Uh, and it was awfully clear, uh, pretty good crowd, uh, heard a lot of complaints about long concession lines, but Hey, at least you were able to be in the lines. It's, uh, especially after the last year that everyone's had. So, uh, it was definitely cool to be back in uh, kind of football atmosphere and, uh, man, it, yeah, it was just, it was just kind of, kind of great for things to be back underway. Yeah. Super exciting and long concession lines aren't the best, but I'll take that over watching from home any day. So you're doing another you're doing another fantasy draft right now. Is that is that what's going on? Yeah, I'm uh, up at Lake Chelan in Washington. I'm co-managing my brother's team in a league he's been in for a few years. He's uh he's had a bit of an average team, been in the the SACO a couple times. So he brought me in <laughs> as vice president of player personnel to to help the organization straighten things out. Just uh you know, a complete change of team culture that you're trying to establish there. Uh, I, th- I think you need to I think you need to come in and bench some starts, bench some starters right away, and just shake things up. Yeah, got to get the competition going. Can't let people get too comfortable. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to wrap here on uh, on recapping this weekend. Uh, for anyone that wants to stick around, uh, one thing that we're going to try to do here monthly is uh, just like every other podcast that does some sort of fantasy draft Mount Rushmore, we're going to do, uh, it's going to be called picking Oregon. And essentially the goal is to have, uh, a few different people on every, every month from different, from different areas of Oregon and, and different industries and different walks of life and, uh, use kind of a fantasy draft as a, as a loose uh, narrative device to just kind of, uh, talk about what's going on in our lovely state. So, uh, stick around. We got our, our first edition of that. We're drafting, best things to do in Oregon in the fall. So uh, uh, that comes up right after this, but uh, before that, any, any last words, Aiden, before we sign off? Well, I, I'm eyeing pumpkin spice lattes. Going into the <laughs> you know, uh, I gotta say. Uh, pumpkin patching at Savi Island went off undrafted and I would have had that as probably a number one seed, but um yeah, uh, surprise. Uh, unfor- unfortunately, we weren't able to do this one with Aiden, but we we will in the future. So we have you as a pumpkin spice latte guy. Any anything else? Uh, man, I'm excited for the game next week. It's going to be a huge opportunity for the Ducks, and I think I think they're going to give Ohio State a run for their money at the very least. I do too. And the I five corridor is going to be there. We got guy got credentialed for the game a couple weeks ago. Really excited to. Uh, um, haven't been to a game at the horseshoe yet. So that, that'll be a lot of fun. So um, we'll be back for uh, another episode next week, recapping what could be an Oregon win. What could be, man, the, the one thing I'm not looking forward to is like, no matter how good the ducks play on Saturday, like if they lose, like there's going to be such a chorus of like, all right, here is like, it's Ty Thompson's time. And like, you know, that's going to happen like regardless of how well Anthony Brown plays. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that over the weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I just I hope I hope people aren't too reactionary. It's a long season. You want to be peaking and playing your best football at the right time at the end of the year. So I hope people just just view the performance of the grain of salt. 
All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Stick around for Picking Oregon, and we'll be back next week. So we're just going to get this going off the top. Welcome to the first edition of the I-5 Corridors, Oregon, Oregon Pick'em. Oregon Pick'em. <laughs> Tyson Alger here. I'm joined by three good friends at Lombard House on Lombard Street, conveniently located. Brian Cook, hey, hey. owner of Lombard House. Thanks for having us here. Thanks for coming. Kevin Palmer. He is the CEO of Little Cuties Hockey Incorporated. It's nice to see you. Congratulations on the podcast and the site and whatever you're doing, I still understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no thing. And then Elliot Noose, he's a business editor at The Oregonian. He was my very first roommate when I interned at The Oregonian about 11 years ago now, and we're all just still in the same neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be here, in the neighborhood and on the podcast. Exactly. So, we're going to talk about fall things in Oregon. It's, uh, it's going to be a four-person draft, pretty loose rules, anything that is comes to your mind when you think of fall in Oregon, it's a pick. It's, it's a very uh, complicated thing, uh, but I, I think we can do it. But as, uh, as the owner of Lombard House, I think, Brian, you should decide the draft order here. It's going to be snake order. Okay. I think we're just going to start with the big guy, the boss man. Okay. The man with the donut in his mouth. We'll yeah. work our way around. Kevin and Elliot both showed up with donuts this morning. It's been fantastic. Especially coming off of uh, Montana beat uh, Washington last night. And, and no one brought a fucking pink box of donuts, which makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll pick first. Let's just go straight down the line. We'll go Tyson, Elliot, Kevin, and Brian. And so I think with the number one pick in the Oregon fall draft, I'm going to pick just being at the epicenter of just wacky, shitty Pac-12 football. We, we were here at the bar last night after Montana beat Washington, Washington State lost to Utah State, uh, I think Cal lost as well. It's just, it's just fun to have that back on the TV again, have those scores kind of filtering out. You get people texting you, here we go, here we go again. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just at the epicenter of Pac-12 after dark. I, I like it. How good did UCLA look yesterday? Dude, UCLA looked... Here's the thing is, like, Oregon's going to be good again, but they have a pretty kind of boring offense. I think it's going to be hard for Oregon fans if UCLA is actually turns good with Chip leading it, too. Well, as an Eagle fan, we all know that Chip's a dumpster fire deep down in his soul. <laughs> <laughs> so, give it time. So, Philly Sports Bar, by the way, Lombard House. Chip okay. Kelly, you're, you're never welcome in this bar. So. <laughs> All right, so Pac-12 after darks uh, off the board, Elliot. All right, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a classic off the board early. I'm gonna go with corn mazes. Ooh, that's you've good. You've got uh, you've got my I think my my favorite corn maze thing is the rivalry between the two up on Southeast Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that was really heated a couple of years back. I don't know if they've uh, worked out their differences or not. Uh, cool thing about a corn maze is you've got the you know regular chill version. You've got the haunted ones. Uh, it's outside, so it's a good uh, you know pandemic fall activity, and uh, you can you know uh, there's there's a lot that you can do with that. Kevin, you have a you have a young child. 
what that I know of. That that you know of how how does the corn maze rate on the the father son weekend? Oh, it's high on the charts. Yeah, I mean dropping them off at a pumpkin patch and just in general that's a whole that's a whole day. That's a that's a that's a time one. that's an innings eater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got corn mazes off the board, Kevin. So yeah, there's so many so many things in my research here. Um, you know, Tyson, in thinking about this, what's the one word used to describe me that you'd use? Sorry, what was that? What would be the one word you'd use to describe me? Describe you? Pragmatic. Thank you, Tyson. I was going to say powerful. Uh, so I'm very pragmatic. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say the return of rain because mm. half the state's on fire. So I think that that's a good thing of, like, fall is that it just douses out the 90% Oregon forest fires. So, you know, pragmatic, I think that's an important thing about fall, that we get rain back in our lives because... It's just scorched earth out there right now. That's a, that's a good pick. It's a good strategy too, because no one's going to be like, "I want the state to keep burning." Yeah. So it's a. That's a high draft. It's I, I, yeah, that's a high draft pick. Uh, uh, you're going to get a lot of miles with that one. It, it's like running back, running back, like fantasy football <laughs> strategy. Like doing right now. All right. All right. All right, Brian. I'm going to take some low hanging fruit since we're at a bar and go with the uh, fresh hop beers. Ooh, good call. Everybody loves them. Nobody knows what they're supposed to taste like. Everyone complains about them once they taste them. <laughs> it's my favorite uh, part of beer geekdom. Uh, they can't wait to get them, and then they just tell you how much they like the other one they had at another place. Speaks to all my like insecurities and uh, <laughs> hate, hate for humanity all at once. And uh, yeah, fresh hop beers. We have on draft a little shout out to the people of Upright, the Upright uh, Fresh Hop Money Avenue, aged in gin barrels and Nochino barrels. So it's a beer geek dream. So come on out and drink it. But yeah, fresh hop beers. That's I mean we just talked about a high draft pick. That's you can't go wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. I like that peek behind the bar. I didn't know people were so. Uh... People really want to know when they're coming, exactly when they're coming. And then when it, they get it, they normally go like, oh, this is good, but so-and-so made a better one. I'd sit and smile. And do, do you, uh, with, with, a, with a sophisticated palate such as yourself? I have a jackass. I'm a poor man palate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mouth breather. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I actually, this is blasphemy, I tend to not be a big fresh hop guy because I like a well killed. I mean, is is you you just appreciate uh, something that's refined? I mean, something about me has to be so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so fresh hops off the board since it's a snake draft. We're oh, du- we're doubling shit. up with you here. Okay. Man, caught me off guard. Um, I'm gonna have to go with people complaining about the weather. Ooh. People can't wait for it to rain again, and then as soon as it comes back, all they do is want to complain about the weather. So like that. Uh, it's it's a uh, Oregon tradition. I noticed. You know, if you don't like the weather in Oregon, wait like 15 minutes. It'll change. But I've noticed that, especially if someone is over the age of like 70, they can't wait to tell you about the weather, and then can't wait to bitch about the weather. Yeah, I uh, I can't wait for it to get hot, and then that first like 92 degree day. It's like, oh shit. This is too hot. Yeah, I'm done. Like, get me <laughs> yeah. out of here. And then now it's smoky all the time. Boy, it was it was so smoky down in Eugene yesterday. Like, just during the game, and then I, the wind shifted, and as soon as it was over, it cleared out and ended up being pretty gorgeous. But That's why that rain pick is, is key. It's key. <laughs> it's again, again, you're getting a lot of mileage there. I like it's sort of the inverse. Yeah, it's the yes. inverse pick. 
it's, well, it, it, they go hand in hand. You know, it's a. I just love the people, and they like to tell you how it used to be different. Yeah, and those people <laughs> normally lived in Oregon for like six years. <laughs> they still have their jersey plates on their Subaru. You know, they complaining about how the weather used to be better. All right, people complaining about the weather again used to be better off the board, Kevin. So I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, I was very general the first one, uh, but I'm gonna do something very local, um, and you know, Halloween Town in St. Mm. Helens. Mm. You know how how great is that? Like, you know, they turn a whole village into Halloween Town. What what more do you want in the fall? I I hate haunted houses though. Really? Yeah. Actually, the last time I went to one was probably like eight years ago with Elliot. Uh, my friend AJ was in town, and it it was like a pop up one, and was it like Delta Park? Yeah. It was which like... which now in retrospect, like, would be even more frightening. Oh, I love that one. And like, it was I, I couldn't get over the fact that like I think it was like just the pop out scares. I hate pop out scares. Like, you can scare me with a good story. You know, give give me something to hang on. Like, break my heart. But just don't grab me and jump I out. Didn't know we were gonna talk about my divorce. <laughs> <laughs> That's look. We'll do a one-on-one oh, podcast. Right, we'll we'll dive right. deep in and like, thanks, really, thanks. really try to crack that one open. Oh, okay. How do you feel? All right. So you don't like the pop-out scares. How do you feel about like the like? Hey, these are like eyeballs and they're like peeled grapes and this is like brain and it's like spaghetti. It's like the the whole like blind touching of stuff and they tell you other things. Uh, what the hell kind but, of... Yeah, like, when's, when's, you, like, like, when's the last time you did that? You Where didn't even go. You haven't done that? You can touch this and I'll tell you what it is. That's like a, <laughs> it's like a third grade haunted house. It's cool, right? Like okay. a, you know what? Don't judge, all right? Maybe... Okay. No, like, this sounds like... Could you adapt that to other seasons? Like a Christmas-themed... What's this feel like? <laughs> this, is, this is Rudolph's shit. This yeah, is, yeah, like, exactly. All right, well... Stay away from your neighbors. <laughs> Halloween Town is now off the board. Elliot. And it peeled eyeballs or grapes his eyeballs. <laughs> All right. Uh, for, for my next pick, I'm going to go with uh, the Vox Swifts. You see them down at uh, Chapman School uh, in, I think, all through the month of September. Um, I know the Audubon Society is not doing the, like, organized watching this year, but it's still pretty cool to see. And you don't have to go to Chapman School. You can actually go to um, the St. John Cinema just down the street here on Lombard. Uh, I think there's also uh, uh, the um, Auto Body Shop in Kenton. Uh, both have sort of decommissioned chimneys where those uh, those birds like to live. And they just at you know right at twilight they just start like circling and there's hundreds or thousands of them and they just dive bomb into this chimney it's really cool to see do you think it helps or hurts like property value if you're in like the swift neighborhood i would hope that you would the, the neighborhood or the building I'm, well i mean both probably not great for the building <laughs> but i guess if you have that really sealed off yeah uh, i don't i don't know that'd be like your portland advertisement like in a swift neighborhood well i mean like <laughs> the <laughs> The Swifts are professionals at this time. They just clock in and out. Like. I think Kenton has it like on their banners and stuff, so that it must be good, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, so Swifts is off the board. I'm up next. I'm going to go, and I actually don't know if they still do this, but uh, the first time I ever remember watching an Oregon, Oregon State football game here uh, was on the big screen at with the McMenamins here in St. John's. They used to always come through and like put the big games on. Uh, 
I don't know if maybe they got hit with like a rights violation at some point because I, I feel like they haven't done that in a while but like that always felt like fall to me was like kind of being in the neighborhood up here in North Portland and like popping in for a beer and like having like a, a good I, I think you and I went to or watched uh, Oregon Oregon State game there at one point but uh, yeah that was that was always a cool thing and uh, um, especially like growing up in a place that like didn't have college football or any of that sort of thing like being able to like kind of like gather in a community community area and like have everyone just pissed off at each other because of football <laughs> game which is a beautiful thing to behold. Yeah, I was going to make a similar pick for scary movies in, you know, I mean, I, I think I really miss movie theaters. I yep. haven't seen a movie in a long, long time in a theater. Oh, I saw I saw one in that little, that break when it seemed like everything was cool again. And What did uh, you see? Uh, in the Heights. How was it? It was good. Okay. I liked it. Uh, but that, you know, that, that experience of just being in a theater with uh, a lot of people, um, but I feel like that's stepping on your pick. So I'm no, 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 that's good though. Like one of my favorite things in St. John's has always been like on a weekend, like hitting like the farmers market and the way this sounds like so suburban, like hitting the farmers market in the morning and then strolling around town. And like I love St. John's cinema because you can get like a first run movie, like a slice of pizza and a beer for probably all around like under twenty bucks or so. Like it's it's a real real good spot. That was a big selling point for me to move to Oregon. When I found that you could drink beer in movie theaters and eat pizza. <laughs> It doesn't happen back east. They don't, really? they don't trust you to do that back east. Like, like have, has that like adopted? I don't know. I don't. I asked my sister about it when I was back, and she was like, "What? Like, yeah, like, right, you can get a slice of pizza, you can get a beer." Well, have you notice, like, it's, it's not even just like the small mom and pop theaters here that do it now. It's like I went. We went to what's the one right across from the Lloyd Center, the the IMAX one down there, and like you can get beer, but it's just like going to those ones, you'll pay a fortune to do it, do so, yeah. but. But we have so many indie or like you know little mini chain kind of theater theaters here. It's it's really great. I love seeing. It. If we do a winter one, we'll do. Uh, I think it's it's one of the theaters down in southeast. They always do it like Die Hard on like the twenty fourth or twenty fifth of December. Nice, great, great Christmas film. All right, let's go back around uh, for my next pick. I'm just gonna go the coast. The coast is great in the fall. It's it's not quite as crowded. Uh, weather still is okay, but mainly because every fall now seems to be burning in Portland and here it's like one of the only few places where you can get some clean air. Uh, last year last year when the, that when like AQI was what was it like 650 for like yeah. a week uh, went out to Long Beach and it was like it's like pulling your finger out of your eye. <laughs> it, was, it was a very nice safe space for me so I'm gonna go with the coast. While we're doing Long Beach and we get a little shout out because I like getting free camping. If you were in Long Beach and like to go camping, you got to go to the Lamp Camp, North Portland-owned place. Look, buddy, I'm trying to get free shit on the well, podcast. Well, you're going to get free camping, too. <laughs> so, if you're a listener, check out the Lamp Camp. Actually, that's that's where I camped. Oh, sweet. <laughs> when, when we went out there, on, on your uh, suggestion. And it was so, like, Lamp Camp owners. Is this, awesome. like Tyson, is this like Oprah, you get free yeah. camping? You get yeah, free you camping. Get <laughs> you get actually, free camping. Actually, the only people that I'm sending this to are the owners of Lamp Camp. So. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, they're in North Portland in business, and I want to give them a little shout-out. Yeah. All right. Shameless. Elliot. All right. I'm excited for you to start living that influencer life and uh, <laughs> living off all the free stuff. Um, I'm going to skip my uh, Scary Movies pick, and I'm going to go to uh, Apple Cider Donuts. This Son is... Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> wow. I Wait, I've, I've never... I, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of Apple yeah. Cider Donuts. So, okay. I grew up in Michigan. Okay. Where... Uh, there are a lot of cider mills. It's a, you know, they, they pick apples, they make cider, 
and uh, they, they sell cider and donuts. It's just a thing. And it doesn't really exist out here very much. Like you, there are like a couple of places that do that, but you really have to seek them out. They're kind of like little, you know, they're like farms that do other stuff most of the year and then kind of do like the pumpkin patch uh, cider mill thing in the fall. Um, I went to one in, I think, Aurora. I think there's some in the Gorge. Um, probably should have written down a specific pick, but uh, the, uh, you know, cider and donuts, they go to, I mean, obviously this group loves donuts. We have uh, a dozen for the four of us, so. And it looks like the uh, the Heavenly has been the bigger favorite over the Krispy Kreme so far. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, the um, Local podcast. Shout out to North Portland. <laughs> way more likely <laughs> to give. Sponsored by Heavenly Donuts. <laughs> more likely to give anyone free stuff, I think, probably. It's just so, weird. We just, like, assign sponsors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're sponsored by Heavenly Donuts. We're, 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 we're casting a very wide net. <laughs> and Krispy Kreme, we do not want your money. Yeah. No. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, apple cider donuts. I like that pick. Kevin, did you really have I, that? I love it. Yeah, well, yeah, it, that's a East Coast thing too. Is apple cider donuts? It's, well, thank God this is an Oregon podcast, I, but they have them here, and it's it's. I, so I'm a whore for anything apple. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like that's like one of my favorite things. I'm, I'm gonna make this my pick. Like, let's transition. Let's, let's go a little transition, right? A segue is in the business. Is that is that is the host the. Segway, like a scooter. Like, yeah, well, yeah whatever. Yes. Close enough. It's yeah. uh, it, it gets you from one place to another. Boom, that's a transition. Go. Oh wow! Do you guys know that... the guy who founded Segway died on a Segway that he rode off a cliff? Wait, what? Founder of the Segway company died riding a Segway off a cliff. This could be like the like back to apple pie. Podcast got dark quick. Yeah, uh, it's it's ten thirty in the morning. Uh, no, I love. All right, so like my favorite thing about the fall is like apples just come out. Apples aren't everything. You go to the local don't or you go to donut shop. You go to a bakery. You go to a coffee shop. There's apple stuff all together. And like so, Tasty and Sons R.I.P. and Tasty and Alder R.I.P. and Tasty and Sisters R.I.P. Um, uh, they used to make uh, it was a half apple with uh, cheddar cheese, maple syrup. And bacon on the top of it. Oh, man. Um, hopefully, they're new. They've got like a newish location uh, in um, Lake Oswego. Uh, hopefully, that dish transitions over there. But that was like my favorite like fall thing. Every time it came around, I'd get excited. So I just love apples and anything, and uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the fall. It's just apples. I like that. That's all I, I, I like. That yeah. versatile. Yeah, it's, it's a great dish. All right, Brian. All right. Um, I'm going to go with, it, it's St. John's specific, and as a parent, don't miss out on taking your kid trick-or-treating in St. John's. All the local businesses have uh, candy for the kids, and most of them have shots for the adults. Whoa. <laughs> so you get trumped while being a good parent, and it's a, it's a wonderful day of the year. Man. Yeah. So this, I love this community. Trick-or-treating in St. John's. I mean, at least North End Barbershop, always good for a big glug of some brown liquor. Um... <laughs> Yeah, you get to be a good parent and kind of a bad parent all at once. If you don't have kids, <laughs> what, um, what are walk, your options here? Just, I'll rent mine. Oh, nice. <laughs> there we go. We'll just walk around and I'm sure they'll give me a shot. Perfect. That's what I that, usually do. Kevin, that might be a business opportunity here. He, he He's going with hockey air, too. He's got a mullet right now, so Wonderful. he is very special at five. Yeah, that's pretty great. The, the mullet hockey hair, walk around getting shots. He's, You're doing it. You're doing it. We're, we're living the life. <laughs> Some good parenting. I like it. 
and then all right, you get all right. You got a double dip now. This is gonna be like a little bit of a homer pick. Uh, one of my favorite things about the fall, we're the North Portland Bird Watcher Society here. We're an Eagles fan club. I love watching the face change of people who show up because they became Eagles fans under the reign of Chip Kelly, and they're <laughs> Duck fans. As you can imagine, I have a deep-seated hatred for Mr. Chip Kelly. He's kind of a lunkhead, terrible player coach. He was a great college coach. He was a god-awful NFL coach. He sort of lit my Eagles into a big dumpster fire, but then out of those ashes came the Super Bowl. But I just really that enjoyed. Super Bowl probably doesn't happen that year without. It Chip doesn't Kelly. with a lot of chip, a lot of chips moves. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. However, being from Philly, we're just we're, it's our duty to hate things and people. Like Santa Claus. Santa. Yeah. So one of my favorite fall traditions is letting people who come to the fan club know it's all right if you got in because you love Chip, but we're gonna leave that at the door. Yeah. And uh, now that we suck again, it's it's real Eagle fandom. All right, Kev. The giant pumpkin regatta. Ooh. Wait, how, how do I not know about this? I did it. That's I, what the podcast is for. <laughs> I forgot what town it is. I forgot to write it down. Um, I think it's Walton. It is. Yes, it is. It is. Thank God. Thank God. You're you go every year. How could you forget? Well, no, because like once I found out about it, I got excited and they canceled it the last two years in a row because of COVID. So um, the idea that people go all out to grow massive giant pumpkins to drop into a river and row down in a race is so amazing. they haul them out and they paddle them? What? They paddle the pumpkins? Yeah, yeah, they paddle the pumpkins. That's they amazing. turn pumpkins into boats. That'd be a good trivia. So we're going to paddling pumpkins. We're going to start growing pumpkins in spring so we can compete next year. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have a big-ass I-5 corridor logo yes. on the side of, yeah. I was, I was like, into, like, the, they used, and I used to live in, uh, 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 Westmoreland, Selwood area, and they had the milk cart one. Uh, over the Selwood Pond, and I was like, that would be amazing. But I was like, I'm lactose intolerant. It would take me forever to drink that. I just shit my brains out all year. So I was like, that wouldn't work. So I think the pumpkin is way more realistic for me. Uh, it's less time in the bathroom. Uh, so I think that's a more of a strategic move. But like the idea that's like, uh, we're going to grow this like 200, 300 pound pumpkin, hollow it out, and then we're going to row it down a river is just, it, it's, it's amazing. If I hand you an apple milkshake, are you drinking it? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, I um, apples over lactose. Yeah, the, I don't think I've ever seen an apple milkshake offered before. Well, that's like that's like an underserved fruit in the, the the lactose world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there 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 are like I've had an apple pie milkshake and I've had a lot of. Like, but I feel like that's probably just relying heavy on like the caramel flavor. Yeah, and the cinnamon. And cinnamon. A lot of cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah, the, the apple's not doing a lot of heavy lifting there. There's got to be a reason. It must be awful. Yeah, apple might. <laughs> Otherwise, it would. Yeah, 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 apple doesn't rise to the occasion in a milkshake. I don't know. I think this is an experiment. I think we need to uh, enlist some people and figure this out. Maybe uh, what's uh, salt and straw hit Tyson up? <laughs> Boy, you guys are great for this sponsor generation. Um, he loves lavender too. <laughs> he likes to run through fields of lavender. Yeah. Just uh, something soft touching my chest. All right, Elliot. <laughs> Let's get us out of this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, By the way, Elliot used to actually produce the professional podcasts at the Oregonian, so he, um, we're happy to have him in front of the mic, and he's probably horrified horrified at how the, how this is going to end up turning out. <laughs> I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah. It's a grand experiment. All right, I'm gonna. So I think we've done like four weather picks between us, but I haven't had one yet. So I'm gonna go with. Uh, the beginning of sweater weather. 
Oh, fuck. That was too... Wait. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say whatever I want. That was going to be my next Cosby question. sweaters yeah. or just, just sweaters? Ooh. Just, you know, sweaters. It's not. It's a It's a nice... You know, you get you... You get your... <laughs> Philly. There you go. He's guilty, by the way. <laughs> so, I did some research. Uh, and in, in, uh, in Portland, the Weather Channel did a, uh, a survey and found that Portlander or Oregonians believe that sweater weather begins at 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Ooh. So... That's dead on. Really? Yeah. Seems a little... Too soon. Too soon? Yeah, but when you're coming... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, though. Yeah. Well, I was just going to... I mean, like, you're from Alaska. I, I, yeah, I but, think that a colder state would have a lower threshold. Yeah, but the the year I did in Hawaii between Alaska and... Mm, that just kind of reset. reset. Yeah. Like, I was covering a high school soccer game, and it got down to 66, and I got chilly, and a little part of me died inside. Have you seen his chest, though? There's so much hair, though. It's like an extra layer. Yeah. <laughs> it's great for summer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> come with a sweater. <laughs> I've so seen anyway. Tyson naked. Sorry. It's, it's, we play hockey <laughs> yeah, together. You should be sorry about it. <laughs> uh, this is my first and last appearance on the podcast. It's been great. None of us are over invited. Okay, so sweaters. <laughs> Actually, Elliot will be back. Yeah, Elliot yeah. <laughs> yeah, will be back. Yeah, sweaters. You get to... You, so Oregon, I think, has one of the longer sweater seasons in the country. You get... Uh, you get that, that 60 degree mark. We have rain. That causes a bit of a problem. But, you know, just throw a jacket over it. The, the nice thing about Oregon sweater weather, though, is it, it hovers enough in that, that gray area where you can still get away with, like, like, it's like an added option to your wardrobe. It's not, like, a, necessarily a requirement. Because uh, you'll get those, like, random, like, October, November days that still, like, maybe touch 70, like, when it's, when it's sunny out. But, uh, you know, you can always have that thing handy. It's also like, you know, Oregon is a casual place, and it's just, uh, you can dress up a little bit, and, uh, you know, just something different. My turn. I'm going to go, I'm, th- this is kind of a pandering pick to Kevin, but I'm going to go golfing at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Course in the <laughs> middle of the fall. Uh, I love fall golf. It's, uh, it's just the most, like, quintessential, like, you're out there with the trees and nature, the leaves are changing color. The air is a little crisp. I like playing morning rounds, and uh, is that a hint? <laughs> and and it's it's also really nice if you happen to have a buddy who recently got divorced, and then went and got a membership at the nicest golf club in Portland. So it's well, just I, I, I anticipate. Well, actually, let me rephrase this. I don't know if fall golf's all that great. I want to experience it. This is something that I want to do for myself. And what I'm hearing is Pumpkin Ridge has a great sponsorship opportunity in the I-5 quarter. Well, um, I think I think there was potential until we got on the whole, like, seeing each other naked bit. Um, <laughs> although, this has been great, <laughs> great locker rooms at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Course. They do, they, and they have individual showers, so you don't see Tyson naked. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's good. a win. Also, in the state of Oregon, as long as you're not trying to elicit a sexual response, it's not illegal to be naked. So exactly, exactly. There's that. And I would say Waverly and Portland Golf Club. There's, there's there's also a reason why this is, there's no video component to this podcast, right? Well, our uh, moving on. <laughs> um, high school football in Oregon during the fall is one of the coolest things that I've experienced. Uh, when I first when I first came to the, uh, started working at the Oregonian, I was out covering uh, Banks and Forest Grove, which is out in Washington County. And Banks is a, is a four A school, and they still they're like one of the few schools that still have like 
a genuine grass field that, and maybe, maybe it's changed in the year since then, but like 7 p.m. kickoff, maybe it was like a little bit wet, like fog rolls in, like they, like they have a grandstand that just still looks like it's out of like the 1950s. Uh, and then just the field turns to complete freaking mud. Like it, it just feels like old school. Like it just it just feels like you're watching like a 1950s film about like American high school, whatever. Like it, it's it's fun going out there. I really enjoyed uh, when I was covering high schools for the the Oregonian. Like that was like one of my favorite things was it was just an excuse to like be able to go out to like different parts of the state and communities that um, I had like no reason to go to otherwise. Like I went out to Gaston for a couple games. I, I still don't really know where Gaston is, but uh, is he the bad guy in Beauty and the Beast. Yes, yes. <laughs> Three yards in a cloud of dust, uh, really effective on the ground. Uh, all right, well that was my last pick, Elliot. I'm glad you uh, you brought the sports picks to this sports podcast. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I don't think I have any on my list. I'm going to go with for my last pick. My final pick is going to be. Buying those big bags of Halloween candy, uh, both before and after Halloween when they're all on sale. And here's the thing. I live in a building where we do not get trick-or-treaters. But every year, I buy a bag of my favorite candy, Reese's, just in case. And then no one shows up. And then I have a big bag of Reese's, Reese's cups, that... uh, I have to take care of myself. That's that's smart too because like you get the double satisfaction of like I'm a good person because I'm going like I have the intention of giving out the candy to children. I'm just gonna keep my lights off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I and I do the the king size. So like if they came by, oh, it would be a a really reward, a yeah. big reward. Yeah. Do you oh, you so have to have some return customers, right? Once you find out someone's giving out the king size, that's like on the kid radar. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I've never had. I never had not, one. Not one. Not okay. one. So uh, you know, now now it's out there. I guess. Your your apartment yeah, is screwed up. Your apartment is like stationed pretty far down like the complex. Yeah, like, I like, would, if a, I had kids, I wouldn't. Because like that's probably a lot of no's before getting like that's going to be a real determined kid. Yeah, you kind of have to go down a dark alley which to get there. So which it's is not why gonna... you give the king size. So, yeah. Yeah, but are you big timing your neighbors by giving a king size? Like if kids do come, like are you really just if a kid ever shows up, I might have to rethink the strategy. Okay, all right, but. For now, it's working, and uh, we're going to have to bleep this whole thing out because I don't want anyone showing up at my house and taking my candy. <laughs> Ellie, can you give your address out, please? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Kev. Oh, there's so much here. Um, I could go pragmatic. I could go very... See- I, you know, there's so much here. I'm going to... As a parent, I'm going to go with... He's looking at a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> <laughs> this is an audio medium, not a visual medium. It's, mm-hmm. People don't know that. Um, back to school. Um, as a parent and a kid going into kindergarten, you know, aside from the whole, like, COVID, they all might die thing, uh, you know, sending my kid back to school is kind of exciting, or to school, because it's really hard to plan out days during the summer and constantly occupy uh, a five-year-old, and, like, the idea that, hey, you're going to go and be someone else's problems for eight hours a day is kind of great. It's not selfish at all. It's not, it's not bad at all. But no, it's I'm seriously excited because he's excited be, uh, to do like we're doing the back to school shopping. Or it's the excitement of going to a class. So it's like a whole like rebirth and renewal like that you get with New Year's, but you also get it in the fall when you have kids with like back to school or when you are a kid. So it's like a whole like restart. You get football starting up. You, it's like a it's like a rebirth and renewal thing in fall. Does he get that sense too? I mean, like 
for I, I I don't have kids and I just imagine like that you la- know of. yeah <laughs> I, I just imagine that the last like how, how old your kid five five so uh, a fifth of his life or more than a fifth of his life has been like this mess yeah like, like yeah. does he does this feel like getting back to normal for him or he well he went to preschool last year where they uh, they had to wear masks all day there's five kids so he's going to a class of I think like sixteen um, with masks and. I think the idea of, like, socializing and... Like, he doesn't want to leave the house because it's, like, I get to play all day and, like, school is work. So, um, which, you you know, you don't want to leave the house ever. Ever. It's, yeah, it's, it's fair. It's that's, fair. Why, that's why I quit my job. <laughs> so, um, sending him off to school. Uh, I think he does have a little bit of excitement to see, like, friends from preschool, the videos that are going there. And I think he's, like, sick of me at this point a little bit. Like, yeah. there's a little... There's, like, a mutual, like... We're tolerating each other. I mean, if anybody's gotten this far in the podcast, they can understand a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. It's 100% fair. All right, Brian, take us home. All right. I'm going to go with... Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the... Uh, the Everyone in Oregon loves their gardens. And this is the time of year where everyone's like, oh, shit, I grew way too many tomatoes. It's like the great tomato giveaway. So, like, you can't... You can't give them away. I know every year I... I I grow way too many tomato plants because I love growing them. I don't necessarily eat them. And so I'm going with the uh, the neighbors just trying to give away their Oregon bounty. Everyone gets into the whole idea of growing it, and then you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with all these tomatoes? So, so we're not a pint and a tomato. Like, you can just you can give it away as... Uh, oh. Well, you know what? We had tomato plants out here the first two years, and it was like, take them. And no one ever did. <laughs> oh. So, uh... Yeah, I, just, I, I, I like to grow them. I just grow too many. And then our neighbors, we were in this like standoff. Like, you want some? And they're like, no, I have too many. You want some? No, I have too many. And then, I, I've always just kind of followed like the logic of it's way better to have like a friend with a boat than owning the boat yourself. And so I don't, I don't have to grow any of the tomatoes. Yeah, but I still get some. We were that way with uh, we were really bad Alaskans and we barely fished, but we always had a freezer full of like super fresh salmon just because people would show up at our house and kind of like rub it in that they were better like I could survive better than you like take my extra fish and um yeah back when I worked in person in an office people would bring (laughs) you know big tubs of whatever they had too much of and uh, we could just take it home and that's that's one of the things you know I miss the people I guess but also the food that they would bring uh is a big piece of what I miss from the work at home uh environment presently well, the good thing is, too, you can get rid of all those tomatoes to grow your giant pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. We're so doing this. The Lombard House. Going to need some front corner pumpkin. Well, Brian actually has to open up this business, so we we, we got to wrap this thing up. But uh, we'll we'll put put all our picks together and put them in a, a list on the Instagram account if, for, so people can come review them. But, uh, Do, can they vote who won the draft? Yeah, but like I don't have that many subscribers yet, so... Nine well, votes are fine. A little treat for your subscribers: if you come into Lombard House and say you've heard this podcast, you get a five dollar beer. There we go. Oh, Two bucks off your beer. What sucks is the beers are like twelve bucks. They like, are like, like twelve. Still- bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, hey, thanks a lot, guys. I, th- this was a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, this works. So, thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Congratulations. Again. Congrats. That's actually why I did that. Every man should quit his job. I've I've been just bringing in three people a week just to get the congrats at the end of it. I'm not even really...
<laughs> this isn't plugged in yet. The athletic Oh wait. You're listening to the I-5 Corridor, hosted by Tyson Alger and Aiden Schneider.